There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning, everybody. It is your daily crypto news for Thursday, October 5th, 2023. My name is Matt, and I want to say thank you to Jeff, listener and friend of the show, also a lawyer who I was hoping was listening yesterday because we were talking about the U.S. District Court Judge Annalisa Torres who ruled in July that Ripple's sale of cryptocurrency directly to consumers did not constitute an illegally unregistered security offering. And in this week on Tuesday, she wrote that the SEC failed to show in its appeal that the decision was sufficiently faulty or problematic. And I asked the question, why the hell is Judge Torres, who ruled on this case, ruling on the appeal? There has to be something wrong with this. Well, Jeff wrote in and explained this to me. He said, as you can see on page four under the heading discussion, the court was asked to certify the matter so that it could be brought in front of the Court of Appeal to review it. The appellate court would be the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. As the district court explained, normally you cannot appeal something until the final judgment is made, meaning that the case is over. The reason for this is that you would not want folks running to the Court of Appeal after every ruling because that would be very inefficient. Tie up the courts, delay things, etc. So, very few rulings are allowed to be appealed while the case is still ongoing. However, if whatever the issue is would impact a lot of the other cases due to the issue of law, or there's a lot of room for difference of opinion, or the immediate appeal would impact the ultimate decision in the case, you could ask the trial court to certify the matter for the Court of Appeal. And yes, it does happen, but it's a long shot. Well, they took their shot, and the trial court said nope. Hope that makes sense. So the way that I'm reading this is that the SEC and Ripple went in front of the judge. The judge then ruled in favor of Ripple. The SEC basically immediately turned around and said, hey, can we look at this again? I really want to appeal this. The judge said, nah, nah, nah. We're going to do the due course. You better just wait. Hope I got that right. I don't know if you guys know, but you can hear my voice. This is Cranky Matt Day. And it started off with this headline. The United States government debt grows $275 billion in one day. That is more than half of Bitcoin's entire market cap. And that also translates to $1,300 per day per American. Is this sustainable? I think the obvious answer is hell to the naw. 
we have some SBF news, and we're going to get SBF news for the foreseeable future as this trial goes on, and some of it could be very interesting. But you know what else you're going to get is a lot of media shenanigans, like this headline. Sam Bankman-Fried's two multi-million dollar jets may be forfeited to pay back creditors. And this is why this pisses me off. Well, by the way, Sam Bankman-Fried apparently has two jets that he's never used. And the DOJ went and got them, and they're like, hey, you know what? Maybe we'll forfeit them to pay back creditors. Here's what pisses me off. The first one is, what do you mean may forfeit this? Sell the shit. Take the shit. Sam Bankman-Fried used stolen people's funds to buy jets. Yes, they got to be gone, and they should have been gone already. Second thing is, is like, is this just shitty reporting? Or can you at least tell us why this wasn't sold already? Can you at least tell us, like, what has been the process of this? And if you can't tell us any of that, can you at least tell us about the shitty laws that allow for two jets to be sitting around that are worth multi-million dollars by people have lost their money and are trying to claw back anything they can from Sam Bankman-Fried, who literally stole their money to buy these jets? Can you tell us at least the laws that don't make sense to normal people? The laws for the rich? The laws for the normal people? I, I can tell you right now, if I stole some money from people and been under house arrest and in jail for like almost a year, they would have for sure got my shit already. I'd, so I apologize for the profanity-laced podcast today. It's just these things just upset me. Not only about the media, the laws, and so on and so forth. Why the hell does this guy still have two jets laying around? And remember, we have $275 billion of government debt in one day. And of course, they're housing this somewhere. They're taking care of this somewhere. These jets are somewhere. <laughs> Sell them. Give the money back to the people. Anyway, we know that Sam Bankman-Fried's criminal trial finally started to heat up at the end of the second day when former FTX software developer and very close friend took to the stand as a witness for the prosecution. Adam Yadidia. I'm going to call him Adam from now on because I don't know how I'm pronouncing his uh, last name. But anyway, Adam, the friend of Sam Bankman-Fried and former roommate in college, he testified that from October of 2021 to November of 2022, he lived in the notorious $35 million penthouse apartment in the Bahamas with Sam Bankman-Fried and seven other members of his inner circle. Adam, he hasn't been charged with a crime and didn't testify as a condition of a plea deal. He testified under an immunity grant from the government, meaning that he can't be charged with a crime based on his testimony, which he did say that he may have unwittingly contributed to code used to commit a crime. Adam said that he resigned right before the FTX collapse once he learned that Alameda used FTX customer funds to pay back loans. Also, during this trial, we're finding out that insiders at Alameda Research only found out that the trading firm was on the verge of implosion because of a confession of former CEO Caroline Ellison, not because any internal warning signs, which here, let me just go back to the previous article, the previous news story where this guy, Adam, was like, hey, you know what? I left because I found out that they were using customer funds to pay back the loans, but they didn't know it was about to implode because of former CEO Caroline Ellison and her confession. And so I want to know how that timing adds up. Like, did you know or not know? Or did you just like pop on the news and say, hey, where's Caroline, the CEO, the boss? She hasn't been around for a couple of days. And then you pop on the news and go, oh, she's at the FBI. <laughs> and then you leave. Like, I don't understand how the timeline is. Like, I can't believe that. Wait a minute. Here's what he says, by the way. He says, it pretty much seemed like business as usual right up to the end. The days before the company collapsed, it seemed like a few really busy days of trading. We had no idea that anything was going on until the very last day. And that's when Caroline pulled us aside and told us what has been going on behind closed doors. Okay, so again, like everybody's doing trading. Nobody knows where this money is coming from. They're paying out customer funds to do different things. She is absent 
hanging out at the FBI. That's when we all find out that like, she's been ratting on uh, Sam Bateman Freed. And this other guy who's the roommate who lived in this penthouse with everybody left. And I just don't believe any of this crap. I don't know. The timeline does not seem to fit. What do you think? Matt at DailyCryptoNews.net. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And here's Cranky Matt again, because here I think the news media is making up news instead of reporting it. Polygon co-founder Jane T. Kanani, I'm messing up that name, but he revealed on Tuesday that he's been absent from work on the project for the past six months. How did nobody notice this? Anyway, it doesn't matter. And he moved on to new adventures after helping to launch Polygon in 2017. He said this in a tweet, I decided to step back from the day-to-day grind, but he remains confident and bullish in Polygon 2.0. That makes Kanani the third of 10 Polygon co-founders to announce their departure this year. But here's where the news media starts to stretch. They are saying that there's multiple executive departures and it could be a sign of trouble because of the coincidence. For example, Alameda Research CEO Sam Trabuco, he stepped down last August, three months before FTX collapsed. Mateo Leibowitz of Uniswap announced his departure last week amid speculations that despite the recent court win, the project isn't faring well under the SEC investigation. Jesse Powell, the CEO of Kraken, stepped down in the middle of backlash over his anti-woke statements, and the company is paying the SEC $30 million, and of course, the Binance US executives leaving Binance US, and that puts Binance in the SEC crosshairs. They then say, to be fair, it's entirely possible that the departing founders decided to move on to new projects around the same time, but it's also true that it's been a punishing year for Polygon, they say. And their proof of this is that since its all-time high in December of 2021, Matic has dropped 80% from $2.92 to only $0.56 cents today. However, they say in the next sentence that rival coins Cardano, Solana, Polkadot, and Avalanche have fallen more than 90%. So is this a big deal or not? Is the entire market segment down or not? Like, like you just made <laughs> like you just made FUD around this guy leaving to do other things and you just said that they're actually faring better than any other coin or any other project in this market segment. So Again, what the hell are you guys doing? What do you think? Matt at DailyCryptoNews.net Former BlackRock Managing Director Stephen Schoenfield, who is now the CEO of Market Vector Indexes, gives the SEC three to six months before it approves a spot Bitcoin ETF. He said, in quote, the SEC will probably approve all ETF applications at the same time. I don't think they want to give anybody first mover advantage. He continues to say, Instead of completely rejecting the whole list, they've asked for comments, which is marginal but significant improvement to the dialogue. There's also the Grayscale lawsuit, which the SEC lost. 
which means they're most likely to have to follow the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust to be converted over into an ETF. So it seems like he's bullish. But then they ask, do you think that BlackRock would take over the entire crypto industry? To that, they say, as much as BlackRock would try to crush the competition, there's a good half dozen, maybe eight or nine other firms deeply committed to tradable digital assets. They got all their applications in around the same time. And actually, a lot of them are more close to the crypto ecosystem than BlackRock. So I think BlackRock will be in for quite a fight. ZK proofs, zero knowledge proofs, they're getting some attention lately, especially from Google Cloud's head of Web3 engineering. He's basically saying that, you know what, there's something to this, especially in financial services and in healthcare. He continues to say, I think this is relevant in other industries. This will bear fruit that isn't just speculation on token prices. And finally, friend.tech was again the target of a wave of SIM swap attacks, resulting in the loss of $385,000 in ETH for four users. In response, friend.tech announced the implementation of a new feature that allows users to log into their accounts without needing their phone numbers. If you assume that one third of friend.tech accounts were connected via phone numbers, that's around $20 million at risk from SIM swaps. <sighs> Again, this is just amateur hour when it comes to these kind of things. I don't blame the victims because if you're just now getting into this, then you don't know SIM swaps is a thing. And honestly, if you've never been SIM swapped, you don't really know how it works. You just hear that it happens. But for these tech industries, these tech companies, in air quotes, tech companies that are trying to provide a service and you offer the ability to log in with your phone number, this is just amateur hour. Anybody with any kind of security knowledge would understand that this is a huge vulnerability. Friend.tech needs their ass kicked. What do you think? Matt at dailycryptonews.net. Let's get into those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And the time is 11.05 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are at 45. We are neutral, leaning toward fearful. While Bitcoin's in at $27,844, up 1.6% in 24. Yes. Ethereum's at $1,632, pretty much even from yesterday. Tether's number three, Binance is at 212, up 0.4%, and XRP is down 0.8% at 52.6 cents. Running off the top 10, we have USDC, Solana, Cardano, Doge, and Tron. The total market cap is at 1.09 trillion, a BTC dominance of 49.9, and ETH dominance of 18.1. And that was our show today. I will see you tomorrow, and until then, happy hodling, everyone. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.